Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of God Killers Anonymous. This is our journey into the void, into the realm of Salasayar. But first, I have an exciting prologue to show you. This realm truly did change my life. Before all of my other path workings. The void was only hushed about, whispered in secret among various cults and esoteric groups. I had the privilege of having this realm be my first legitimate test as a sovereign being. Having my upbringing literally shattered and the indoctrination that I went through also faded away. With various experiments and other things, I wanted to understand the astral in a more personal level. Through my journey through Selesayar, as the natives call it, I met a variety of beings, some of which were alien, some of which were Draelith, some of which were complete utter anomalies that I could not explain with mere words. They taught me the importance of thought. Thought creates the reality that we all dream of. Negative thoughts influence us in ways that we can't imagine. Many people who go to Selesayar, who are unprepared, are driven mad. So, let's hope none of you are driven mad, huh? Our story takes us back in time to an unofficial, official first encounter with the beings of Selesayar, way before I even stepped foot in the Draelith realm. So, take a journey into my early baby witch mind. Picture that young boy mixed biracial boy raised with otherwise Abrahamic values completely going off the deep end do you have the baby do you have that pictured in your mind do you have me as a baby witch with my wire glasses incessant pencil collection that I had collected as Per subjects, not as a hobby. <laughs> I was a weird kid. The void being a chaotic realm, inspiring many movies of interstellar travel, alien species, dot the landscape. Kingdoms stretching, vast expanses divided by lines drawn from the higher arcane astral dignitaries, where abilities like telepathy, divination, palmistry, telekinesis, psychometry are developed under close watch. Various government agencies are driven mad the pursuit of knowledge drives the seeker. The body morphing as the mind holds dominance. The magic and energy within the void is anchored to this plane by the mind. 
as I stepped in the solar cigar. I saw various black obelisks. Dotted with weird glyphs, symbols, and sigils. Alphabets that I could not understand. Ruins that I had never seen before. Looking like teeth of a otherwise sleeping being. Black towers dot the forest landscape. Even though I had never met any void natives up until this point, my occult work had been very sporadic, jumping from authors such as Yake Wedding and Mark Allen Smith, working previously with Akate, Lucifer, and Sephirons. His system of magic seemed more like a game, a uh, level up questing where you get certain esoteric power-ups. It didn't resonate. Wanting to rebel against the norm, society, and priestly upbringing, I sought out darker magics, magics that would terrify most beings. The secrets of Salasir were only known to a select group of people in a clandestine order from Turkey dating back to 1436. Each ritual performed in that order had seasonal correspondence. And as I came to understand the void, its mysteries would get deeper and deeper and deeper. The void, Salasiar, is ruled by several lords and ladies, dignitaries, known as the Blighted. Called Blighted by both the Infernal Realm and their celestial counterparts, as well as their demonic rivals. Here, a queen of which the astral realm is named after, going by the name of Astrael. This is a story seldom told, which would rather be hidden by that reclusive, sadistic cult. An infernal bastion of devout sorcerers and cocky human elders kept in line through fear of apostasy and a mark burned into the soul, the mark of an oathbreaker, the scum, the traitor. Anyone who revealed these secrets that wasn't initiated was quote-unquote branded. But since I am still alive, clearly, they're <laughs> my part in these in this mysterious order ties with our journey into Celsiar. Starting in the summer of twenty nineteen.
I was a quiet, studious practitioner, reading the Order's grimoires devoutly. As I said before, my upbringing was mostly Abrahamic, so I had to hide each and every grimoire I had gotten new, extending through my senior year of high school in Etheris, in a small midwestern town of Johnston, Iowa. Having been diagnosed from an early age with cerebral palsy in both my legs, I was considered the weaker brother of three. I, being the oldest, being diagnosed in both legs, I was not as strong as my younger brother, Zeke. Zeke was the middle brother. He was the athletic type. He was the one that when all was said and done, the indoctrination of our clergy family members, as well as, uh, let's see. Let's just say social conditioning made him the perfect little Christian boy. So to further show his devotion to his God, he enlisted into the military. He was in Iraq, Kuwait, and Kurdistan, as well as Afghanistan. But because he was in those regions, my parents nowadays worshipped him as a God. Something which I did not understand. I still don't, to this day. Despite my arcane education, I had previously done multiple curses, bindings, freezer spells, and various other techniques to get Zeke out of the way. The results of which astounded me because no matter how many curses I put on him, how many bindings, he would always bounce back. At first, I thought it was the protection of his so-called God. But then I realized, through my later experiences, he had become to know, come to be known in the esoteric community as a hunter. Of course, I'm getting ahead of myself. But that's a story for another time. After all, this is season two, right? So. A lot of people don't think that deicide is possible. They don't view the slaying of a god as palpable, physical, true. Because if you pray to a certain god... They seem to heal themselves and get right back up. And they just hate you for the rest of eternity. Well. Continuing. This disability drew a lot of rage out of me throughout my entire life. I was always being treated as I was broken, useless, disposable. Having many medical terms to describe what I was going through, having to fix my legs, having to fix my eyes, having to fix my back, having to fix my ribs, having to fix my feet, having to fix my knees. At this point, my legs were worth well over a million dollars if sold on the black market. I hated being treated as a broken porcelain doll that I could never get hurt. I could never have freedom. I could never truly be myself because it wasn't in line with the Abrahamic agenda.
I nearly died at birth due to the umbilical cord wrapping around my neck. So my family took it as, well, he needs extra government programs. He needs social security. He needs all these extra safety nets because we're afraid that he might die again. But it was during a specific time when I had to be forced to go to a junior varsity game in the town of Johnston, primarily Caucasian descendants lived there. <laughs> and for someone who is mixed, and for some reason, these people that have never seen a black person before, Although they were nice to my face, I could tell that some of them were racist. But despite that, I went to the game. It was a dark, rainy day out. Water would stain the metal bleachers, making them rust and cold on my ass cheeks. So I'd sit there with a blanket on me, being forced to watch the golden child win at everything. Constant praise and worship was always given to Zeke. Zeke was the good boy. Zeke was the example child. Zeke was the golden child that never could fuck up. As I pursued my tasks through the void, I wanted nothing more than to knock his block off possibly snap his neck so that I would be paid attention to. But in today's society, you can't snap your brother's neck without being guilty. <laughs> so I did the next best thing. I devoted harder to my magic. Not giving a shit what other people thought. This weak man that everybody saw was not me. And I would show them. I would show them all. People look at me, even nowadays, and they just look at my legs. They look at all the stuff that I've been through medically and say, you can't do this. You can't do that. You're so fragile. You're such a baby. I was sick of that treatment. So... Even though Zeke had no arcane potential, the illusion of his invincibility toward my magic pissed me off. So that day, I finally snapped. I said, why won't you just die? You're disgusting. You're deplorable. You're so fucking filthy Christian. Why the hell are you being protected? You're a jerk. You're an asshole. You don't deserve anything that you're getting. You're getting everything that you want without minimal effort. Meanwhile, I have to struggle. How dare you pull a hand on me? My mother, Sonia, had said that it was because I was getting so much attention from my surgeries and medical problems that Zeke became jealous. I don't believe that. Zeke has always had everything handed to him. He has to be a perfect little prince so that I have to be the, I have to be the villain. Because little brother Eli, all he does is sit there on the computer. Oh, man. So, after that, I had a chance encounter with two entities. Two entities that would change the whole scope of everything that I believed. Everything in my core, in my bones. 
these entities' names were Akraoth and Jedosei, spelled with a Z. So, Akraoth and Zedosei. That were my first true teachers. Come to be known later that this partnership was very rocky. I went to that varsity game with Akraoth possessing me. I could not understand why Zeke wouldn't just keel over. He told me to be patient. He said, be patient, boy. His day will come. You have done everything in your power to silence him. You have done everything to make sure that he falls. It's always Mystic versus Hunter. Knowing Akraoth, or Ak as I called him, him and Jedosei's relationship was not perfect. His philosophy was of domination, subjugation. But he also had his own little flair things, like telling me that breaking a certain chicken bone would grant me wishes. He'd have me order Popeye's chicken and say, eat that chicken and offer it to me and I will bless you. Eat it, eat it, boy. He always would call me boy, 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 boy. And I could never understand that. The queen of the void at the time, the queen of Salasalar, Ostra. I was working under her heavily. No restriction. I wanted to develop the abilities I had seen in Stranger Things. I wanted to develop the abilities that I had seen other people do over in Asia, lighting a piece of paper on fire. You know, simple stuff, but it was incredible to me. Although constantly getting into fights with Zeke in the church elevator was entertaining swiping jelly beans out of grandpa's pastured jar and eating them while he snickered away in his priest meetings. That was fun. I won't deny that there were some positive qualities of Zeke that I admired, but after this, I completely despised him. If you've ever seen those um, reality shows where the masculine force always screams, Woman, go do this for me. What's taking you so long, woman? And then she would just go along with it because, well, he had a big schlong. <laughs> just be like, why do you treat each other like this? Akriyoth and Jedosei never did tell me that. But. Seriously. It was. After this game that everything changed. Kind of got off track there. But I seem to recover it. Enough about Zeke. So, going back to the mystical aspect, I never did believe in the grimoires that a lot of these other people started writing, particularly of the Abrahamic fashion where everybody was using circles of protection 
or bindings of holy names because no wonder these media deaths of the authors committing suicide was popping up certain infernals telling other authors to put a shotgun in their mouth. <laughs> yeah. A lot of those bindings I found disrespectful. So I was scrolling through Amazon one day and found three books by this mysterious order. I found Eye of the Oracle, the Cabal Grimoire of Void Magic. I found the left hand, profane seals, and black scriptures, all by the same quote-unquote cabal. So, I ordered them. I built a small cabin outside in the crossroads in the backwoods on my grandparents' property. Grandpa helped me build it, but he had no idea what it was for. I'll always be grateful to him for that, but I just, I couldn't take any more of that Abrahamic bullshit, so. I had been progressing through the tower. The order literally defined different types of magic as towers, so I went up the Tower of the Void. Tower of Silas they are. Each of the grimoires ends in a ritual of deicide. Deicide, for those who don't know, is the killing of a deity or god. Thought impossible by modern media and various other occultists. I was not convinced it was impossible. I performed the deicide ritual at the end of Eye of the Oracle. Having been tormented by Archangel Mike for the majority of my spiritual journey, I had him on the chopping block. So, I prepared to slay him setting up all the necessary candles, feathers, clay, and corresponding colors, salt, a page of the Bible. And various other implements I cannot name. It was here, in a dirty, dirty basement, I took my stand. My voice is, I don't know how well it'll come through in the recording, but I'm hoping everybody can hear this. The night of the ritual, I snuck downstairs in my book bag. I brought my book bag full of stuff. Everything I would need. Laid a circle down. And proceeded to call this arrogant asshole. Archangel Mike, although beloved by the Christians, is not a caring force. He views himself as higher, noble, pure-blooded, much like a other particular race. But unlike their loving piety for their ancestors, Mike's was completely disrespectful, completely arrogant. He deserved everything that I gave to him that night. 
I don't regret that decision at all. Having used his pious women, women of the church, women of the cloth, to attempt to seduce me, which failed miserably. All these women in particular used the name Caitlin or Katie or some derivative of it. The name of a long lost ex. And it was getting annoying. Everywhere I go, everyone that I approached, everyone that approached me, because human bait never has you approach them. They always approach you and say, oh, you're so cute. Oh, you're so lovely. lovely. I just, I love your energy. What the fuck? Do you want to get out of here? You know, blah, 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 blah. It's like a cheesy club pickup line. They would always make the first move because I knew they would be bait. They all would have the same name, regardless of what ethnicity or race I would choose. Say I change my preferences midway past, the race of the woman would change. Be like, hi, I'm Katie. Hi, I'm Caitlin. I just couldn't take it. So during that ritual, I took all those memories, every single encounter, including the one of my ex, every insult he had labeled against me, you bastard, you mudblood, you disgusting cur, you, the list goes on and on. Always centering around how dirty and filthy I was. Much like the slave masters of old, insulting their Negro workers. I couldn't take it. I said, you bastard, leave me alone. Stop it. But he never would. I lit my candles. I marked myself myself in blood-based ink. I ripped a page of the Bible out. I bled on it, spat on it. Did every possible blasphemous thing I could do to get that disgusting power away from me. Finally, I started chanting, over and over, chanting, 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 in words of power that the order called whispers, to force Mike to show himself. So during that smoke-filled hate ritual to completely defile and destroy that fucker, that was probably my first and most successful attempt at deicide I have ever seen. Because although the pissant little shit isn't considered a deity, in Christian theology, he's considered a deity in Catholic theology. Everyone worships him. Oh, Mike did this. Oh, Mike did this. Oh, Mike did this. Fuck that. Because all I heard from that bitch was... You're not worthy of life, blah, 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 blah. So finally, I got my ritual tools together. 
And I had that mindset. I said, fuck you. Fuck your God. Fuck your master. And as I prepared, I could hear epic music in the background. The atmosphere was heavy. Every drop of sweat. Every blasphemous word. The ritual. Pushed me to my absolute limit. Smoke filled my eyes. My thoughts became bullets. You fool. Do you know what you've done? I didn't care. I said, I would rather burn on top of the corpse of your master than live in your heaven. The insults continued. I struck him multiple times, striking him down. My breathing was heavy. I kept striking over and over, over. Visualizing every moment, every stab, every shot, everything was being decided here in this moment. If I was gonna die, I was gonna rather do it on my feet than on my knees begging for mercy. So, it was at this time that I could hear him Every single insult. His energy would change. He would try and morph, try and trick me. I wouldn't have it. I'd tell him, fuck you and your master, bitch. And he never did stop, even after killing his biological counterpart.
always with heavy breathing, always the insults, until finally this scene popped into my head. Every sound, as if I was being put on trial from a past life, was echoing in my head. Stand it. So here's the sound. the mark of the impure pagan cult of the natives. I am Inquisitor Aloysius, and by authority of my title, I order you to explain yourself. The mark on my face is by no means impure. You are walking on thin ice and are close to committing a grave diplomatic error. Diplomacy? If the truth of the enlightened is obscure, then our relations are tainted and of no value. Answer my questions or receive the punishment reserved for heretics. Do you believe that the God of Light is the one and only God? No, I'm not a believer. What are you going to do now? Burn me at the stake? Your very presence in our holy city is outrageous blasphemy. May he guide my hand. And with that, I struck him over and over and over until I saw his body explode into a million pieces, golden mist rising from his corpse. And bloodied and broken, my hand bleeding profusely. I struck his throat, his chest, his back, castrated him, chopped his leg, and stuck him straight through up his asshole. With a sigh of relief, I then ended the ritual, broke both of his hands, and blew out the candles, stomping on his skull in victory. That was my first attempt at deicide, and it nearly cost me my life. I'm not going to pretend it wasn't terrifying at first, but I had been preparing for this moment for the majority of my life, standing up to pricks like him. So when the time came, if I was going to die and burn, I was going to take his ass along with me. But I am here, speaking to you now still surviving 
I did not receive the death brand that the order wanted to put on me. But <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, that's the end of the show. I once again thank you. Thank you all for being here. I ask for your patronage to increase. The structure of today's episode was kind of all over the place. Very informative. A lot less music until the very end, but we'll see how this goes. This has been the prologue to Selassayar's adventure. I have many more stories involving a whole slew of characters. From aliens to vampires and various other creatures. All you gotta do is stay tuned. You can follow me on TikTok at xspider6, on Instagram at spiderdragon95. You can donate to my PayPal to keep the show going. Give me some financial incentive here. Talent shouldn't be wasted. And like my deicide ritual, I'm not going to beg you and plead for you to give me money. Because I know the right people at the right time, during the right circumstances. I know some of you will be compelled to donate. But again, in case you forgot, my PayPal is Zach Baerdefabah. Z-A-C-H-B-A-E-R-D-E-F-F-E-B-A-U-G-H. You can Venmo me at the Oryx Star for merch and other offers. And I hope to see you guys in the next one for another exciting adventure in Celestiar. But this time, I'm going to leave you with some outro music. Today's outro is called Ajna. One second. Skip survey. Not that one. Yeah, it took me a while to find this one. But it is my favorite one, so I might just switch it to the permanent intro. intro or outro, whichever one works. But this is my outro from now on, unless I get a different request. Hold on, add. It's going to try and interrupt it. Hold on. Fuck ads. Skip. Enjoy the outro. Stay cool, God Slayers. Don't let the enemy corrupt you.